0: Thank you very much for for, for joining us, deepa Alexa. Like I said, she she works for all Yuga Casting. Is doing some very cool content there. We were sort of speaking about Frank Kissy, so it it is over, Max. But it's probably best that it's over and um, mutual for both parties.
1: Yeah, I, it's been a long time coming, and and it's kind of nice to get some form of clarity what is going to happen in the future, both for the club and for the player. I think and perhaps most of all for the supporters um, there, there's no going around that francesi has been a very good player and a very important player for for milan but i mean it's it's been it's been a focus of paolo maldini's work to to sort of implement the a wage structure that uh, that hasn't been at the club before. um there was a tweet going around this week that he he and uh, Ricky Masara has slashed the wage budget almost forty three percent or something like that since they arrived. and it's clearly something they want to to get control of. and I don't think that what KC asks for and what he is performing on the pitch is in proportion. So yeah, I, I think it's it's a a good good decision for all parties to be honest. Um I, I it would be it would have been great to see him stay, but I don't think it would have been worth it to to the wages he, he was asking for.
0: Yeah. Um Milan came back with quite a few offers. Quite a few sizable offers as well. They weren't like Shitty offers are saying that like, well, we can't we just can't pay that I think at some point that went up to 3.5 million a year Was that right? Uh, sorry, what you say? Three three 3.5 million a year For KC Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I think Milan went up to like six or something even
0: Yeah, oh, well, well, I mean Ibra is on seven, yeah. right?
1: So, so yeah, that that's a bit what I was talking about that that the Maldini and Masara wants a a structure in the wages, so we don't get like too much and and uh, I think it was the right call to not break that structure for for even though I I like him a lot and I I think many Milanese do, but yeah.
0: I think that's what's worked for, for Milan quite well, though, is the, the wage structure, which is sizably smaller than, than when Maldini came in. And, it, and it, it is working because you have players who actually want to be there um, and not just because the, the wages are large.
1: Yeah, exactly. and And it's not to sound like too propagandistic, but. You, you don't go to, to Milan for, for the money. It's it's a historical and uh, a great club and you shouldn't go there for a lot of money. It's not that kind of club. And I, I think that's something that Maldini really wants to be clear for both players in the squad now, but also potential signings that we we will pay you what uh, what we think is fair, but we won't pay you a lot of money just to come here.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's the way uh, wages should work at the club that I support, Man United, but um, it doesn't seem to be the case that people just throw money at any player that walks through the door. Having um, said that it's mutually beneficial for both parties involved, Kessie and Milan, it looks like he's going to go to Barcelona, which I also sort of don't really get. Um, he's not going to start. The, the Barcelona are on the way up, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I
1: did. I don't know if you watched El Clásico. They played so well, right? They did. And it also makes you think that Francesi doesn't feel like a Barcelona-type of player at all.
0: No, no. But, I mean, you take a look at their midfield, Pedri, Busquets, Frankie de Jong, Gavi. Like, that's four... Very, very good midfielders who are going to play there, and who who could play there week in week out. I guess depth is very, is is a very good thing to have, and maybe he can be a Busquets replacement for when he finally retires. But um Busi, as he's affectionately known, can play up until thirty six or thirty seven. I think He don't need like he doesn't need pace in his game. He never yeah,
1: has. But, but once again. Two very different type of players. I mean, in my eyes, Kessi is a yeah. Yeah. full-out ball winner, not not like a passing type of player like Busquets is.
0: Well, I mean, I th- I think that Kessie has a strength in passing. I wouldn't, but I, I I get what you mean. Busquets' is is common game is is different to Kessie's, But I, I think Kessi could certainly play in that in that midfield role that he, that
1: Busquets plays. I I I I don't think that Kessi is bad at passing, but. I, I don't think it's one of his main strengths.
0: Uh, no, but uh, having played sort of in a pivot for what is the best part of two, three years for Pioli, he could play that central midfield role, do you not think?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think so. But, I mean, it's if, if we take Milan, for example, it's been a much more well-working system, I think, when Sandro Tonali has taken on that role of sort of like a deep-lying playmaker and yeah, yeah. having having focus on in the transition, transitioning the ball from, from defense to f- offense. And I I think, I mean, Sandro Tonali is a bona fide passing god almost. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's been uh, very clear that it's, a more well-working system when he's played there than when Kessie is played there.
0: Um, I, I thought he was one of your best players last season. Do you, do you think that you'll be signing a replacement?
1: I I've been thinking a lot about this, and I mean, of course, there's the the, the rumors that Milan are close to signing Renato Sanchez from from Lille, uh, but I don't think that he's like a replacement to Kessie. I think that. Milan might replace Kessié with players in house like they've more or less given Tonali that role recently and I think that Tonali mm-hmm. will continue with it. Um and I think you could do
0: with signing Ronaldo Sanchez though.
1: Yeah, yeah, of course, but He's just he's just injured yeah, a lot. Yeah, of course, but I don't think that he will play in in Kessié's role I think. I mean, I think that he might Be more of a player uh, in the role that maybe Benasé has, or even as a number ten. But as in, he he will when when he comes,
0: he will play. If if he comes, of course, he will play in that pivot role. He will play in one of the two that uh, pivot. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Uh, He's a he's a bona fide
1: central midfielder. Yeah, but I think that Tonali will go in and cover. Kessie's role, like that type of ball winner, and uh... yes, 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 of course. But
0: but as in, if Ronaldo Sanchez comes in, you play Benissa, and well, no, well then, who who plays Cam? Then so if you if you play Ronaldo Sanchez and you play Tonali, who would play? Because I guess. You could maybe experiment with Beneser up there, but uh, Beneser, for me has to play in the pivot as well. Yeah, but I, I, I so do, what? What happens then? Do you, do you maybe go for a midfield three? Perhaps,
1: but I, I think that Renato Sanchez would do a great job as a number ten. I mean, he has he has all the qualities for it. He,
0: he could. I, I, think he could. I think he could become do comfortably a good job. But obviously, he plays naturally in, um, like for instance, when in a season with, with Christophe Galtier for Lille when they when they won the title, he was employed in the double yeah. pivot role with Benjamin André. Um, I think he had sort of the off game here and there where he played in, in the attacking role or the wing role, but yeah. I mean, he has to play in the pivot. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see if you do get him. Just, uh, who then a go to a thought who
1: you... here. I, I just want to discuss so, oh, with you. Um, so could it be like... Um, it's, it's, mm, he is signed for like, I mean, he's not going to be a rotation player, but I mean, Milan are, are stepping up now and, and need more depth and, and, and quality. Could it be like they, they plan on having more quality players to sort of rotate in the pivot roles? I, I, I mean, they, they will want to go further in the champions league next year they want to establish themselves more in Syria. a could it be that they kind of want to overall have a better squad yeah of course um like you you will i think need cover
0: a, a pivot because if you don't so if if i if i say to you okay renato sanchez is not coming who who would you have in it would be Benessa and Tonali, but imagine one of them gets injured uh gets an injury. Like Milan normally do every season.
1: I mean right now I think that it would be Poberge stepping in.
0: Yeah, if you call him back from Torino. Which is also not a given.
1: I'm I'm pretty sure that he will stay at Milan next season. I it's been uh, widely reported that he that Pioli wants him to stay next season. Uh, so I I think he will be there, but um
0: but again, he is more of an attacking midfielder. Like he's played predominantly in the th- the the three in Jurich's three up front this this year. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah, I see what
0: you he, he might you might do a purely and just try him again. Uh, I try try him in, in the the pivot, but um Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah it's uh i mean rady Krunic. Oh, could, could this
0: Rade, Rade, Rade Krunic? you read my mind he'll he'll try ra Krunic there.
1: yeah i i guess he's been played everywhere uh, except goalkeeper
0: yeah fingers crossed right um <laughs> it, let's let's see i mean i personally think that your your best team is aside from the the, the back four finale Venice, Brian diaz raphael uh Rabich and Ibra, or slash Giroud.
1: Right now, you mean? Uh, okay, G- give me your best eleven if everybody's fit. All right. Uh, Sorry,
0: I-, I-, I can't believe we've got him. Bakayoko, I, I guess, is there as cover?
1: I, I guess it's there, but <laughs> barely. Bak-
0: Bakayoko or-, or Balotore could play there, I guess.
1: Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting what happens with uh, Bakayoko this summer. Because yeah,
0: but I mean no, but he he will definitely play now because because Kessie's leaving. Yeah,
1: but it, do you think that Pioli and and the and the staff would think he's good enough because he's barely played this season?
0: Well I don't I don't think that they think he's good enough. That's just you know you have certain players in there as depth. Yeah, you know because obviously Tonali and Venice are the starters, but inevitably they're not going to play un- unless you unless you get very very lucky. They're not going to play every single game together. So you need
1: uh, Milan doesn't get lucky when it comes to injuries.
0: Exactly. So I'm I'm thinking of who who's going to come in for you if if uh, when they get inevitably injured and it will be back here and Kroonich. So yeah, give me give me your best <laughs> midfield and forward front.
1: No, I, I agree with you what you said. Uh, Tonali Benacer. Oh okay. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the the main question for me is that Milan uh, like almost. Priority number one must be a right winger because Salemakers or Messias doesn't cut it.
0: Yeah, you can have Salemakers there. Uh,
1: both both of them are good as it,
0: it. It it seems as though like the 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 fairy tale for Junior Messias is not over, but it just hasn't worked out as well as like the as a, as well as basically the neutral wanted it to turn out where he. he it seems like he's decent hit in in spurts, but not as um, like I think you can do with a better winger there.
1: Yeah, I think that both him and Salamekers are good depth options, but no one of them is right now, at least, good enough to be a starting player.
0: Uh huh. Sticking whilst whilst we're on the topic of Milan. Got another 1-0 win at the uh, at the weekend, just this past weekend, against the, a sturdy Cali team. It feels as though Milan are just doing what Antonio Conte's Inter did last year, which was, look, OK, we're not going to play well today. We know we're not going to play well. Fine. We'll just grind out the win. It's their third 1-0 win in a row now.
1: Yeah, and... and- Not, not saying that Milan will win the Scudetto, but that's, that's a sign of a, of a championship winning team. Like winning, even though it's not your best day and, and grinding out those wins, because that's essentially what it, what it's all about. uh, To win a championship, perform when it's not your best day. Yeah. This game was, uh, the margins were on Milan's side because I think that Cagliari had two shots in the crossbar, at least one. Um which which easily could have got in.
0: Yeah, it could have it could have been very different. are fighting at the bottom now with, uh, with with Walter Mazzari. Um and and they're, they're on twenty five points. Milan look, I think, just as not not out of ideas or anything, but there's only so long, like I said, where the the trick of pass to Leao or get it to the left wing and see what happens or. Go along for Giroud and see what happens works, but um, I think both Milan teams sort of in the last six or seven games have looked not at their best. But Milan is grinding out results, whereas Inter is is floundering uh, right now. It, it's it was another one-one draw, another draw. Sorry, uh, at the weekend against Fiorentina, and all they they look to be doing at the minute is go along to Zeko and see what happens, even when. Simon's Inzaghi rotates and brings on everything he can. An Alexis Sanchez, uh, a Di Marco, uh, uh, a Toro Vidal, all the changes he's doing, just, <laughs> it doesn't seem to be working. Even he brought on a Joaquin Correa, Robin Gossens, Philip Cacedo got a, got a shout as well in the last minute, but it just doesn't. For, for me, it seems like Inzaghi is going right. Absolutely nothing is working. We, we're so devoid of creative spark. I'm gonna go ahead and throw shit at the wall and see what's sticking. And it doesn't seem like to be like anything is. It's they've won two and eight right now, and I I really didn't think it was gonna go this way when they were bona fide favorites, and everybody said they're gonna run away with it.
1: I I agree. Um, it it's sort of the same vibe as Milan, but with Milan the the results are going with them, but for Inter they're not. Uh, Instead of, instead of giving the ball to Rafa on on the left wing and hoping for the best, Inter are, as you say, just going long for Eddie and Dzeko, But it doesn't work out for them.
0: Hoof to Zeko.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just one month ago, I would say, you, I still saw Inter as the favourite to win. Um, they had one game in hand where... Leading the league, anyways. Uh, but then the Milan derby happened, and since then they've not fully recovered. And I mean, one or two of these results more, and they could be out of the race for the Scudetto.
0: Yeah, that be the Italia to come for, for Inter Milan when, when the international break is back. There's not a manager that you want to face. In Syria, when you're losing, not losing game, when you're not winning games, and you're not playing very well, the manager that you would least want to play is Max Allegri. What was that? That was perfect. <laughs> that was that was like the the perfect en- entrance to uh, the, to to me talking about Max Allegri. Um, having said that, Inter play Juve, and then after that, they have, I think, the easiest run from from those from the from the schedule challenges.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, it's really up. To, um... D- did you did you hear that that bell? <laughs> the stars aligned when you started to talking about Max Allegri. <laughs> 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 yeah, sorry. What 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 your what was your uh, question? You
0: you forgot already. You're not paying attention today. You really are tired. <laughs>
1: No, that, that bell was so magical I just zoned out. <laughs> um Inter, I, I would say have the easiest run.
0: After WD the Italia. They do. Like you like Milan have Milan have like a decent next three games, but then the the ones at the end, so so Milan next have Bologna, Torino and Genoa, but then at the end you have Lazio Fiorentina, Verona Atalanta, and then Sassulo at the end. Whereas um, Inter Milan have Derby d'Italia, and then after that they have Verona, Spezia, Roma, Udinese, and Poli Caleri, Sampdoria. Like that's all of those games are winnable. But having, but Inter aren't even really winning the winnable games right now.
1: No, and that's that's what they must change to to get back into the race for for the scudetto. Because right now Milan and and Napoli have the upper hand, even though Inter isn't far behind, but I mean a loss in derby d'Italia and and uh, another game where they lose points could could be the end for for their Scudetto run this season and uh, they really must use this um this international break well and and like I think it's more more of a mental problem for them because I mean I mean in the sense that they they just lack ideas. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's um but I think they just look exhausted and now the fans and everybody are turning around saying, yeah, maybe the, the rebuild job that Marotta did, did with, with the replacing Zach on replacing Hakimi wasn't so good.
1: I agree. And, uh, I mean, it, I, I don't know what else to say more than they, they really need to step up now. It's, uh, Pretty much now or never, make it or break it this season for them.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, we're at the, we're at the peak of the season now. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, so there's a, a big, a big result th- th- this weekend Milan gaining more points on Inter. Um, a big result as well for Napoli this weekend. Victor, it, it feels like all three Skeletal challenges are sort of running out of gas but there's there's certain things that are just
1: carrying Milan and Napoli and the one thing that's carrying Napoli right now is Victor Ossiman <laughs> I mean it, it feels like we, we talk about this guy every week but I mean how can we not when he's playing as, as he is he's I I would say maybe the best striker in Serie A this season he's absolutely phenomenal Barnan yeah barman. I mean of course you can make the argument for, for Immobile and and um, yeah, but I, I think overall Victor Osimen has been better than Immobile. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think Immobile, has he scored more? I, I forget. I think that Immobile has scored more, yeah. Because Osimen uh, missed out on pretty much a month, month and a half with that face injury.
0: Yeah, with that horrible fractured skull injury that he has. And then I think Domobradi must be third or
1: fourth. Yeah, I will uh, shake this out. Wait one second.
0: Sorry, Domo brady's is fifth. Tammy Abraham will be there with Cholito as well.
1: Yeah, so right now, the the standings for top 15 goal scorers, I will just. Victor Osmani is in ninth with 11 goals. And who's behind him? Hey, 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 okay. Hey. Uh... <laughs> Antonin Barak and Gianluca Caprari. <laughs> Hey, yeah. So, uh Giro Immobile is number one, uh, tied with Dušan Vlaović. Uh, after that is Joe uh, Cholito Simeone and Tammy Abraham, tied for second. And in third is Domenico Berardi and uh, Lautaro Martinez, tied for third.
0: Yeah. Um, so, I mean, N- Napoli get over the line again against uh, a tough Udinese team. So. Milan have a bad end and a better beginning in terms of their run. Napoli have sort of uh, the, the, the opposite. They have like a difficult next three, four games, but then their end is better as well. What what do we, what do we think about their Scudetta
1: chances? I mean, I think that Napoli, they, when we, when we doubt them, they just prove us wrong. And, uh, I think they've done that pretty much the whole season. Um, so I, I don't think that we can rule them out. I think they will. I said like a month ago, I think that I didn't believe in them. But I mean, seeing how they grind out wins this past month, I I, I think that they will be in it to the end. Um mm.
0: I think. I think. Also, uh, it was nice to see. I think a key thing on Udinese uh, against Udinese. The biggest thing for me was he sort of switched instead of playing another winger. He had, he brought in Anguisa. so he wanted more control in midfield. So instead of playing just the pivot of labocca Ruiz, and then sort of having another winger and a striker, he he brought in Anguisa. As well. So he had like three midfielders in the middle and they had a lot more control and they were just making a lot more centrally. It, it wasn't everything wasn't, wasn't that wide, but, um, it, it's, it's, it was smart of, of, of Spoletti to do that. And he had the, the ability to do that because then off the bench, we brought on Elmas and Mertens and Zielinski where he was like, okay, fine. I'm just going to wait till you get tired on 70 minutes and bring those, those forwards on. Then you're not going to be able to handle me.
1: I think once again that this just proves how good of a coach Paletti is he's constantly been a a top coach in Serie A it's rarely been outside of the top four when whatever team he's managed and and this just proves it I I mean he's very smart and as you said I think this was a, a very good choice to do to sort of like break the normal um formation or 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 tactic and approach to sort of um go for for what suits them best against uh, a tough uh, udinese side
0: yeah um so so napoli and and milan getting the win into into floundering juve getting the win um was pretty much predicted, though, against against Town. I don't think there's anything to talk about there. Uh,
1: we can move on. And... Oh, other than that, Vlaovic had a fantastic yeah, game. Yeah, he did.
0: I th- I think he's done he's done well since going to Juve. I think he's having a, a great time. He's not maybe scored in every game, but he they they certainly look more threatening with him in there. There's at times he's he's just isolated. I think, but that's it's.
1: He showed like a. Sort of other uh, repertoire. This, yeah. This game yeah. that he he was sort of a key in their build-up phase and assisted DiBala for the first goal. And uh, so, yeah, Max Allegri doing uh,
0: getting the most yeah, out of Flahovich. Sticking with some of the best strikers in the league, Tammy Abraham uh, in in the Rome Derby lit this thing up. Wow, I mean. What what a game this was. He just he just looks like he's having the best time over there. Like he just he, he's really bought into this whole um i icon of, of Rome thing. Like that you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah, and I mean what what a signing he's been. I mean going there and replacing Edin Checo who's been such a big player for for all in the past yeah what is it five six years uh and just delivering from the get-go um, I you you can tell how much the romanisti loves him and uh yeah and he, he he feels overall like such a in such a good place in his career in in roma is in in england he was always on on the brink of just breaking out and having like this um of being good yeah this important status at, at yeah yeah but he's he's truly done that at Roma this season and uh, really shown what a what a class striker he is
0: yeah I, I feel like players over there and when when somebody's good they're not just um they're not just loved they're sort of idolized but he there was a clip of him earlier this this season as well when singing yeah. n- not singing sorry that the romanisti fans were singing a song and he was joining in just before the game he's just bought into whatever they're doing over there
1: yeah and there there's still more to come i think so yeah um he's 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 now their their main guy in the in the offense and uh, he's he's he, he he keeps on delivering for roma and uh, as we, as we say he's now up on on 15 goals in 29 uh, Serie A games and that's just counting Serie A and uh, he's scored a lot for them in the in the Conference League and uh, not just scoring he's scoring vital goals for Roma um and i mean if there was one game to like sort of make a status for yourself in Roma it was this game and he delivered right away two goals and uh, I, I mean, now he's probably on the on the brink of some sort of icon status in in the the Giallorossi parts of Rome.
0: Yeah, um, scoring in, in scoring two in a Rome derby as well. Two two very well taken goals.
1: Yeah, yeah. When 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 Roma wins three three nil.
0: I mean like these these fans are going to remember that forever
1: yeah quick word any, anything on Lazio I I think they're very up and down this season I think uh, it's it's just inconsistency yeah it's, it's inconsistency
0: <laughs> I will say it was funny when um, <laughs> I think it was like 78th minute and I think Lazio had probably accepted defeat at this point or in, in some ways knew that it was going to be hard and they put the camera on Sari, and Sari got pissed off at the cameraman did you see this? Yes, he was. He's like, Why the hell are you putting it on me? All right, just <laughs> um, I think Lazio will be better next season. I thought, I think it's took them half a season to adapt to Sarismo. Um, but like you said, they've just been inconsistent.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, I saw this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's, it's it's also a, a well-known fact that it, it takes time to to get a team acclimat. Uh, what's the word? Acclimatise. Ah, I'm I'm having a blinder here. Uh, getting a team into into the full that is my idea, and uh, I think that having high hopes for for last this season might might have been the wrong choice if you had it uh Ahead of the season because it it was not going to be like a, I mean top four they could have done maybe with that squad but yeah not higher than that
0: yeah yeah you know, let's let's wait to see what what happens with them next season let's let's finish on uh, an interesting note Um Genoa
1: broke their streak they won Max they won they won they didn't draw I, i'm surprised because when when i saw that they... they they won
0: as well they won having played with nine uh, with 10 men for most of the game they uh leo leo Ostigard ostegard got sent off on the 24th minute
1: when i when i saw that they they um took the lead i was just waiting for like a, a <laughs> bling in my in my phone to see like oh, yeah, 1-1, one, one. Torino, Torino scored. Like a 1-1. One, one. <laughs> just just
0: automatically, it was going to be... Like, even if it was, like, 94th, 95th minute, Torino was just going to pull something out, 96th. 90, yeah.
1: and... <laughs> it, it's so funny because they've had much better chances to win, like when they've been uh, one, one man up against their opponent, but haven't won. But this time... <laughs> They play essentially the whole game one man less and win.
0: (laughs) I think against Empoli, they had more chances. They literally had like six or seven chances against Empoli, didn't score any of them. Um, Scored in this one, uh, Portanova, and then just defended diligently for the rest of the game. Um, I don't want to say anything, but I am going to say that this could be the relegation story of the season, I think. I think they've got a chance, man, at,
1: at, at staying up. I, I don't think you're wrong. If and it, it's kind of funny because when you look at the statistics in the in the in the bottom um, what is it bottom four, Cagliari fifteen losses, Venezia seventeen losses, Genoa twelve losses, and Salernitana eighteen losses. So Genoa doesn't lose a lot. It's just that they draw a hell of a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah, they they, they just. <laughs> like they're not, but mastering not losing could be uh, quintessential for them. There's still eight games left, and that win is such a boost because they go level with Venezia and with losing and Spezia losing as well. They're only three points away from from safety. Granted, they've got worse off goal difference, but in in Italy, uh, it, yeah, it's head to head. Yeah, yeah, right. It's head to head. It comes down to head to head. I I will have to look up what the score was between Genoa and Cagliari but three points from safety only seven now behind Spezia Venezia um, when, when they lost to the Sampdoria 2-0 on the weekend was Zanetti the manager did you see this? It was, it was one of the stories of the weekend Venezia um,
1: um, I just I just saw that he, he was suspended afterwards but I didn't see the game so I, I don't know what he did yeah he was suspended for blasphemy Oh, I didn't know he was suspended. <laughs> wow, okay. Bad week
0: for Paolo Zanetti then. He yelled he he yelled at um I forget one of the players who whoever it was that came off. Um one of his players sorry, my bad, my bad. Zanetti had a red card basically against uh against Sampdoria and instead of sort of, you know, normally when that happens, manager maybe gives him a quick pat on the back or a shake of the head. When Thomas Henry got sent off, he yelled in his face like for a good 20-odd <laughs> seconds. He yelled in his face, um, and they just had a shouting match before he, he left off. He grabbed him by the, the collar as well, um, Thomas Henry, uh, and he was not a happy man.
1: Wow. I, I, I must look this up because I, I've completely missed this.
0: Look it up. I'll send you it after, but just little signs like that where you haven't got a win for a long time and you get one and all your opponents lose on the weekend. Not only do your opponents lose, but they are showing signs of feeling the heat, like yelling at your striker when it's the 86th minute and you're 2-0 down already. Fair enough. Maybe I can, I can gauge that you're angry, but that, that is a sign of like, that's not being calm and collected in a relegation battle.
1: Yeah, not not great harmony. That's what I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, just like you today with you with how tired you are, and and us, there's no great harmony.
1: <laughs> I'm doing my best, okay. Anyway, that's that's ah, uh, you're doing <laughs> a great job.
0: You're doing a great job. That's all we have time for this this week for episode 14 on Adri Ari Rigori. It's an international break week. If you like us and you watch probably a lot of football week in week out, then please enjoy your week. Um, the Azzori are playing Macedonia. Hopefully, it's very easy for for Italy fans there. Maxi, good luck on um, covering Sweden. And my boy Anthony Lange, if you tell him, if you see him, tell him rhythm is still a dancer. Yes, I will. He, uh, he ma- I don't know. Have, have we sang this this the Lange song on here before? I, I don't. I don't think so. It is very set. rhythm, is a dancer, Anthony Ilanga. But many are very shit this year. So whatever, I will end it on that note. Maxi, thank you very much for joining me, listener. Thank you for listening. Uh, whatever, wherever you are listening, whether it's Apple, thank you. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, wherever you get it from, please check out all the articles on Breakinglines.com. I was Donna shit while he was Maxi and Jalo. Thank you for listening. We will see you thank again you. next week.